welcome to the Crew 3 Podcast. I'm your host, Ruckman. With me this week on a re-record is Chris. Yeah, uh, this is re-record like number five or something. Not really, but we wasted an entire episode with what was a very mediocre April 1st gag bit um, that just turned into a lot of complaining. And so it was good for my soul, though, wouldn't you say? Like, was your soul feel better after doing it? It was It was a very cathartic recording, yep. but clearly... Uh, not even Zencaster wanted us to release it because it ruined the audio. Yeah, it was it was just not meant to be. So no, like super clever gagsy uh, April Fools bit for you guys. But you know, here we are. But uh, like I said, maybe maybe we'll find it one day in the lost files, right? Like maybe, after maybe. you know, like, like Tupac, you know, like Tupac kept releasing yeah. songs. Uh, maybe that'll happen to us. We'll keep keep releasing podcasts after after we're done. One too many Will Smith jokes and Zencaster said that's enough. Yeah, true, true. Yeah, there were there were several in there that the internet probably couldn't handle anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. that's fair. That's All right. Fair. Well, well, Chris, so we're not going to cover because because I'm getting married in uh, uh, less than forty hours. Forty hours. Right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to do a quick like thirty minute sort of update. What's going on? Uh, we got a few extra spoilers that come out, and of course the very exciting OP announcement. Unfortunately. Ricky can't make it this uh, for the re-record here, but you and he, I'm sure, will go dive on even more into this announcement uh, when I am gone on next week's episode and leave the podcast in your hopefully capable hands. We'll see. Like, man, I had so many plans, but as it comes down to things, like anybody who knows, like this is just not a good time in my life. We'll see if we feel like it. Oh, you got to bleep that out. Sorry about that one. I will bleep that out. (laughs) Sorry about that one. Uh, but yeah, hopefully we do. I, I, I want to, uh, you know, see, see what happens and, and, and it should be a good time, but you do put a lot of effort in and, uh, yeah, I've, uh, I've got a lot also on my plate with you, with you being gone, but we'll see. Hopefully, hopefully it's, uh, hopefully we get to do it. Hopefully it's a good episode and, uh, we don't get canceled. Well, like I said, let's, uh, it's a good thing we're, we can do this because today was a very, very big announcement and we'll start with that. Huge, then we'll, then we'll finish say. with the spoilers, uh, Organized play is back, and honestly, with a single article, I feel like the entire outlook on the game has done a 180 following that horrendous arena economy stream. Yeah, and again, I think that this goes to show, I made a point in our Discord that that I like, maybe other people don't like it, but I like the point where, you know, somebody pointed out that, man, it feels like everybody's attitude has really changed really quickly on this. And, and I kind of pointed out, you know, you're right. That's a great thought. And thinking about it, I kind of responded with, you know, it's funny to me how little it took also, right? And, and I think to me that point was to show that, like, it really doesn't take much. Like, Magic Clip players love to complain. But, like, if you do something cool like this, like, hey, look, here's Paper Magic coming back. Here's how we're going to do it. You know, as we'll dive into, this organized play structure is not the best, okay? It's just not. Right. It's not that many tournaments. They're kind of pushing stuff off to like other esports organizers and whatnot that we'll see. It's really not the most fantastic announcement. I think it's interesting that you're down on that because honestly, I think it could be pretty good. Uh, and that's why we're going to hear we're going to discuss it. So um, any 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 other preambles before you really get down into it and start really breaking yeah, it down? Yeah, we just just essentially to go on to like I think that if they had done even a measly job with arena like we would be enthralled you know what i'm saying like again like they could have taken the worst path to pioneer possible which we were talking about you know a year ago where they just released each set as like oh a remastered set and like 
milked us for as much money as they as they possibly could, but that wasn't enough money for them, you know? So I just I want to put into perspective how terribly the arena team was doing with how like one announcement here and everybody's super excited. Sure. All right. So obviously, like we said, uh Protro's back. Uh we are bringing back essentially a it's kind of weird because it's it's like a a beefed up version of the PT, PPTQ RTQ system yeah. where sort of any store can run a, run a qualifier, then you go to regionals, and then you get the Pro Tour and Worlds from there. However, kind of the big thing is each region is now being handled by a different organizer, and you can you can find the, the list of them uh, real quickly, though. Uh, DreamHack is handling the U.S., Face-to-Face Games handling Canada, Europe, Middle East, and Africa are handled by Legacy Australia, New Zealand are good games. China, Kadu, Kadao, uh, Japan slash Korea's Big Magic, Southeast Asia, Oracle Events, Chinese Taipei, Game Square. Brazil is handled by City Class Games. Mexico, Central America, and the Caribbean is Yellow Rabbit. And South America is Magic Sewer. Um, and there are sort of going to be different ways to kind of jump to the Pro Tour. They've also said that, you know, Arena... This is really paper pro tours, right? But the, there are qualifiers that will still be held on Arena. They mentioned Alchemy and Historic being part of the on road to it. Um, and I can honestly see like the the big news is when we'll we'll spend the whole time to it is that obviously Pioneers the first round, but they will also include things like Standard, Limited, and Modern going forward. Um, so you know the big thing with me is you know having the the regional qualifiers be this bigger stage where now instead of um you know because like what it was like if you're in text you could kind of go to any any region as long as you qualified for rtq now it's kind of if you want a qualifier you can only go say you want to qualify in the u.s you can only go to the the regional in the u.s now uh the region is obviously a lot bigger now they're entire countries and ge- geographic areas versus Hey, I won one in West Texas. I can go to the RTQ in Dallas because yeah. that's like the closest to me. I just want to re- like um, real quick because like they call this regionals, and I want to reiterate because we used to have like a regional system that was called regional yeah. like regional PTQs, right? RPTQs, things like that. The region here is global region. So the region, yes. to, to clarify, this is more like a state's nationals scale than anything else. So like the regional championship qualifiers, there's only going to be so many of those. It says prove your skill at your local scene. But I don't know if that local scene is going to mean like, oh, a tri-state area or like, you know what I'm saying? Like, or a tri-city area, what exactly it's going to be. Um, but it sounds like it's going to be pretty, pretty big areas of your country to then get in your region. I think local is literally just the the like the qualifiers to go to regionals that is the local scene to me that is from what i can tell what i can read so pretty much any wpn location can hold a regional qualifier now well i think they have to be a wpn premium right no they can be any wp according to dreamhack yeah you can be just a wpn store Uh uh-huh and then but uh premium locations get like a bigger cooler like swag bundle okay Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So any WPN store can order a basic bundle. Again, this is with DreamHack. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that's going to be in other regions, uh, but I'm just sort of focused on the U.S. because that's what I'm going to be using, right? Right. Um, and then premium stores can order an enhanced qualifier kit bundle. Uh, I will say, though, I love the 
The pro- they also announced some promos here. Lava Spike has me wondering if we're going to see a Lava Spike reprint coming up, uh, especially when the other promos we've seen are Nykthos and Teferi here of Dominaria, two very uh, pioneer kind of focused printings, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if this is we're going to see Lava Spike soon. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. So yeah, so I mean, to me, it definitely feels like kind of a bummer where if I win a regional qualifier here in Houston, Texas, and, but my actual regional championship I have to go to is DreamHack Atlanta. Right. Like, that. that is kind of, like, rough. That is pretty rough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Again, you to know. To me, that's, like, the biggest downside of that is because, you know, like, you could, under the old RTQ, PT, PPTQ system, you can kind of drive to whatever one's closest to you. But now, you know, now i got to take off, like, time and put in more hotel money, get a plane ticket to go to, like, Atlanta and stuff like that. That, that is a bit of a downer. For sure. I, I think that the exciting part is that, like, man, again, and I mentioned it earlier, but especially with how, like, rough life has not only been for everybody, but, like, you know, we, we have so much going on. My life's taken just an absolute insane turn in the last couple months. Like, I did almost cry today with this announcement, just, like, having an incentive to play Magic again. Arena's been just so god-awful, terrible, not yeah. really a reason to play. I've been playing other games, you know what I'm saying? Like, what a fun yeah. reason to be like, okay, I don't have to go grind every week or I don't necessarily want to. Like, I can grind in my test games with my friends because we've got an, a, a goal, right? Our goal is to do well at our, you know, regional qualifier, right? Or whatever it will be um, and, and try and represent us in our community well. So that was just in and of itself super exciting. And, you know, again, any return to paper magic in an official form is great. It seems like, you know, I've been to DreamHack events before for Hearthstone and mm-hmm. they were not the best organized, but, you know, that was a newer thing. Hopefully they have competent judges and competent tournament organizer staff that can make things run more smoothly and, you know, really get us up and going pretty quick here. Yeah. And, and I will say, I, I think the biggest thing is this definitely will help revitalize the idea of like, more competitive local events and stuff like that, mm-hmm. right? Um, th- not even to say like this is going to get more eyes on Pioneers. Again, we, I do want to spend a few minutes just talking about what that means for us as a format, but we're still just sort of discussing the general layout and announcement of this new organized play system. Right. Um, I think what's really interesting is that the the new regional qualifiers, like the big events, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, especially with the DreamHack one, really feels like, and, and based on the stream and he what he was saying, these feel like these are kind of the proto GPs coming back because there are going to be last minute qualifiers, other side events, commander zones, artist alley. Like these are going to be on top of them being already at very big DreamHack events. These are kind of going to be gps again and they have said they're not part of this announcement but they have said they are eyeing a return to gps or something like the magic fests in the near future and i think honestly for them having these regional organizers right now will serve as a trial run to see if they want to start holding more of these larger events again you have your scg coming back right um and i didn't necessarily want to see a massive we're gonna have gps every week this announcement i wanted to see like Hey, we have an SCG every month. Let's get like a GP or something like that every month. But you know what? I'll settle for like four big tent post wizards sponsored big events that anyone kind of go to and play in. Uh, maybe not the big main event, right? But there's gonna be a lot of stuff going on. Um, and having and you know, let's. So what do you what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I agree with you that I think that the the 
you know, immediate ramp up to full scale would have been poor. I, I do like seeing how, how do people respond to this? I think that as we've seen in like so many magic events, just selling out the Hunter Burton's done really well. They've had two Hunter Burton's, you know, mm-hmm. since we've last had uh, you know, a, a big pro tour or in person, something like that for paper magic. So you know, they've done really, really well. And so I think people are really hungry to come back. I think that this could be an interesting way to make magic esports again, kind of, you know, with like the dream hack and letting them handle it and, and seeing how people like it again. I'm not saying you'll get, big viewership numbers. But again, I don't think we want that. I think we've seen that we're happy enough to just go and play. That's what we want. And yeah. I want a semi-competitive scene where I can kind of show up and prove my worth. And And I like that there's going to be reasons to come out and play local again because, you know, Commander's great. And I love that Magic has that as a format. And I love that it gets so many people to play this game, right? <clears throat> That's got its space. But um, that has its time to shine. And like you said, I love the balancing act. We're going to have this, we're going to have SCG cons. And again, I've, I've given up my hope for like massive pioneer events and stuff like that. As far as, you know, being like an every weekend thing, like a grand, a massive grand prix circuit where like, you know, every month I could hit up a big pioneer event if I wanted to, maybe that happens. Maybe it doesn't. That's great. But like you said, alternating, like here's a fun place where I can go. My friends can get together and we're going to play some semi-competitive pioneer. That's what I was looking for. I feel like I'm kind of getting that right with my WPN store being able to host these qualifiers. And then also between SEGs rotating around the country and they're incorporating pioneer, which is doing well. So uh, I, I do, again, like this announcement. I like you said, you know, we're, I don't think we're ready for quite a full scale launch. I think it's smart of them to test these waters and see how these companies do, because we've had some times where some poor organizers were were propped up by some semi pros um, that stood up for them, but really weren't very good. And then we got really substandard magic events. So, you know, let's test the waters here. I like this idea. I think the announcement is also really organized which I think what's, mm-hmm. is what makes it really nice. I think we're happy with this because like there's sweet graphics, there's info. I'm, I like, I'm, they've already got info out, right? Like the organizers are letting in charge of things. These things already have pages up. Like you said, where you're like, okay, this shows you how to be, you know, a WPN store that can register and stuff like that. I've been reading that as we were talking, um, the promos that you're getting, right. Uh, and some of the things like that. So, you know, this is a trusted yeah. org, all that stuff. So I think an organized announcement was really key. That's what we got. And like you said, there's going to be other events. Yeah. And and I think, you know, I, I do like that, you know, we mentioned because you have these other organizers, you know, whether or not they're going to be official, hey, this is a Grand Prix, they can start running stuff. Like I'm looking right now, I, I as I was on the, looking at the, the DreamHacks website for like the Shonen info and stuff like that, I didn't, I totally forgot DreamHack is going to be in Dallas in June, at the beginning of June, mm-hmm. and they are, like, making a big thing about, like, hey, Magic at DreamHack, we're going to, I think they're going to run qualifiers for that there, like, there is going to be a big paper Magic presence at these DreamHack events now, which not to say that there already wasn't, but it definitely feels like we're going to be pushing heavy for it, because now they are that Magic organizer, at least in the U.S., and so I know you, you said, like, it... it it's something you were pretty down on handing off the the torch to different organizers. But honestly, to me, I think this is a very good decision on Wizards. Obviously, you have a lot of areas feeling left out and what events could happen run there, right? Like, you know, we always had one event at one GP every weekend in the US. And it was kind of like, maybe there's one in Europe, maybe there's one in Asia. But now we can just sort of give blessing to proven organizers in these regions in these areas of the world to sort of let them do what they've already been doing and now have more blessing and give more weight to those events and these organizers can now better focus and better run based on their area versus kind of stretching thin 
Yeah, my, my complaint was more on my understanding before I got to fully read this on the structure. Because, okay. you know, because your dream hacks, you know, there's not a dream hack every weekend, right? Dream hacks no. are structured, big events, big land parties. If you haven't been to a dream hack, you should go. Again, I used to play them for, for my competitive Hearthstone events. And so for that kind of thing, <clears throat> I really like this. I think they're polished events. Again, I, I believe that they can get the staff. Uh, but I, you know, I'm not sure how much I believe given that there's only so many levels and maybe like, oh, hey, here's a clear path. Sounds good. And it could be. But before, what was fun about the like kind of more scattered PTQ system was, um, you know, they would get two or three hundred people. Texas was a big space; plenty of people showed up, so like yeah. it was hard to move on to the next level. Now, Jerry Thompson always mm-hmm. said PTQs are soft. If you were a great player, you could have. But back in the day, you know, golly, I mean, thinking at this time, we we were like teenagers when we were playing these PTQs. Yeah, we weren't the best Magic players in the world. So the PTQ system was great to have a lot of events to go to to go with your friends and play competitive Magic. So the point wasn't, you know, hey, play the game, see the world. We weren't getting on the Pro Tour, right? Ricky got the closest with his multiple SCG top eights. But point was, you wanted to have a lot of events that were easily accessible that you could go test out your decks, right? And I brewed a lot, and it made me a successful brewer, right, with, with some decks that came out. But uh, that was my concern, was now that I know, or that at least they're giving the impression, I'm still waiting to see that your average WPN store can maybe hold a qualifier. You know, we'll see how structured they are. I'm a little worried they're going to be overrun. So I just didn't like the the levels that were offered, where it's like regionals is, is considered an entire country. That, to me, is not really a region, you know, versus like a state's sure. nationals type effect. But again, you know, it's early on. That's just my first impression. We'll see how they hold it out. Overall, very optimistic. For yes. Me. Well, and I think it's also pretty clear to see because they are – I think regionals are going to be a lot bigger than everyone realizes because if you look at how you get to go play at the regional championship, obviously you win with the local qualifiers. The big thing, there are going to be also MTGO qualifiers, arena qualifiers. Um, members of the Magic the Gathering Hall of Fame are invited to one regional championship and pro tour per season. Oh. These events must be in the same round and cannot be in the same round in which players played in a regional championship qualifier. Uh, but the big thing for me, at least when you think of the la- the old systems we had, uh, the last the last system, players qualified for the pro tour, which is fed by the corresponding regional championship can play in regional championships now. So if you were queued for the PT, you couldn't go play in the RTQ, right? Right. But you could play in old PTQs. You're playing for the envelope, right? Right, sure. So, but because they're trying to give these regional championships this bit more of a prestige, this bit of mystique, this higher level gameplay, if you win a regional championship, not only are you going to the Pro Tour, you get to go to Worlds. Yeah, for sure, for for sure. Isn't that interesting? And and again, I, I wonder how many, like, like, is this making it sound like they're going to be a regional championship per season, which is like the whole country's like, you know, hey, the qualifier for that? Because like, that yeah, certainly is I, interesting. Well, for every, every I'm going to, I'm, for yeah, every, every pro, pro tour, tour will have, yeah, we'll have one of these. Yeah. Uh, of course, how to get on the pro tour, be one of the top finishers at the previous regional championship with invites passing down as players earn multiple qualifications. That's great. I'd love to see those passing down. Finish with 10 or more wins at a previous pro tour. Of course, they've said the first couple pro tours, this will be slightly lower as they are making the on-road of these first couple of Pro Tours a little easier to really fill in those 300 ideal players that they want to be hitting. That's a key. Uh, That's a key, by the way, that they want 300 players. Because that means, like, you know, maybe, like, if, if what they're mostly going off of is the original championships, you know, you may, a, a top eight probably guarantees you a Pro Tour invite, right? That's kind of how it was, yeah. like, if you if you won a GP or if you were top eight at a GP, you got your Pro Tour invite. Um, 
now maybe beyond that, right? And it depends yeah. on how many regional championships they're going to have and where they're going to have them at. But like maybe now a top 32 is good enough or a top 64 is good enough, depending on what region you're in, how many other qualifying ways there are to get into that pro tour, right? If there's going to be X number from MTGO and X number from arena, well, that number could realistically maybe, you know, not be 64, but 32 or 16 or whatever it might be. But it still sounds like, Hey, you win enough magic games at your regional championships. Yeah. You know, you may still make it. There's a reason to play out the rest of the tournament. And, and also, I think, you know, I'm not going to really get into all the, the math for this, mm-hmm. uh, but I do like the fact that you can kind of, uh, with that adjusted match point system, uh, you can kind of earn your seat as long as you do, like, okay across a couple Pro Tours in a year. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I like that, too. I mean, you know, you used to be able to achieve, right, like, oh, there was a couple guys in the area that were silver, like, bronze-level pros, right, or whatever yeah. it was, so or silver-level pros. Your, you got your one PT year if you were right. bronze pro. You, you, you got your one PT year that you were qualified for. You had to take a bus there, right? Like, you, you know, you had yeah. you had to take your, uh, your you know, your little old moped all the way, and you only got to sleep in a, uh, you know, in a hostel or something like that. But but you got to go, right? They didn't pay your way to lay up, but you had to at least show up. And and there were a couple of those, right? A couple, a couple of players that started writing articles based off just being a bronze or silver level pro. And they also yeah. got some buys. So I think that's an exciting enough thing too, where it's like, hey, you, you win enough matches across a couple of them, we'll invite you to. I, I think that's a, a hugely exciting thing to start filling up those numbers and and maybe a better reason to uh, even want to participate in this, in this high level system. I think it's good yeah, enough I think- just to return to paper magic, but yeah. All right. Well, Chris, is it time to talk about, probably at least for us, one of the most exciting things about this is that Pioneer not only will be the first regional championship format, Mm -hmm. it is also going to be the constructed format of the first Pro Tour. Now, if that doesn't say Wizards believes in this format going forward, I don't know what does. Yeah, this is our massive apology for the for again for the giant letdown that is Arena, and, and I'm here for it. Again, I, I'd much rather play Paper Magic. Uh, you know, I do I do like online because it gives me more time to play, given my hectic schedule and that I usually work weekends. But you know, if I'm not going to have it, at least we get it. You know, featured in a massive way as far as you know, paper is concerned. And I think this is super exciting. I mean, it, it really is. I yeah. don't know how we could be more excited about it. And and again, I think that Magic, you know, the design team has done a great job of pumping out banger sets. And I think that the, the com- organized play team, as they were doing things, was was really doing a great job. And, and Huey clearly yeah. wants to steer this back to Paper Magic and, and make it well. Live, and I, so. and I, will, I will say, you know, he, one of the first things Huey said in the stream was, this, is our, this isn't just Huey showed up and like blew the doors open and fixed this. They were already working on this when he got there. Right. So... You know, and I think that showing that this was done a lot without his input is a good sign now that we have someone strong at the helm to help keep it going in this good direction. Absolutely. I mean, that's a great point to, to point out what, what his comments there as far as this is where they were going, which I do believe. Again, you know, Wizards, you know, Wizards have like a, a junior scholarship series. Wizards has done a lot of great things in their history when it comes to organized play and, and how they're running things, which is the reason it's the most dominant game. Right. It, it's a solid enough game, but you'll notice that no other game has kept mana. No other game wants it, needs it. It's an extra form of luck. Right. Magic has a lot of non games for that reason. But really, the organized play for Magic has what is what gripped its success in the world. It really was. And, you know, now, obviously, it's so big, like people know that it's going to be around. So your casual player is there, too, and, and they're dominating. But, you know, the start was it had a strong competitive scene. So people wanted to play it because there were financial incentives. And that's really the core of the game. Even casual players love watching the pro players so they can see what decks they want to play to go beat down their friends. Right. I mean, that's kind and, of and the hey, core of speaking this. of speaking of coverage. 
Uh, World Championship and Pro Tour coverage confirmed, and they are currently discussing coverage for the regional qualifiers as well. Amazing. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the, so the basic. Regional, the, regional, the regional championships, not the, like, your local LGS level. Right, right, of course, yeah. of course. You, you could probably go out and cover them. I mean, that's how GG's life started, right? I mean, yeah. I think if you wanted to jump back on it quickly, go be a pioneer. I mean, I, you just, you know, this community has done so much. It really has. Um, our, yeah. you know, uh, Servo's writing articles, right? I don't know how much we can say about uh, various things he's doing, but but he's writing articles for Playing Pioneer, right? I we Yeah, we, yeah, yeah Playing Pioneer, I mean... You know, we, we were growing playing Pioneer and stuff like that. So And, and it's just huge. And so people are, you know, uh, Star City Games is hiring or whoever is hiring for, for writing articles. Channel, Fi- Channel Fireball was just straight up just like, hey, if you're looking to write somewhere, hit us up. We'll talk yeah, to you. Yeah, hit us up. And I think that's a, that's a prime opportunity for people to go and, 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 and write. And, and, you know, playing Pioneer was featured with Bradsifer on uh, Goldfish and things like that. So, like, the Pioneer community is popping off. And I think this is a huge thing, speaking of coverage, to go cover your local Pioneer events. Or, you know, again, maybe you're here because you like Pioneer, but you also love a lot of other formats. Modern's fun, too, right? There's so many stupid shenanigans going on in that format. So, again, I just think this is the time where, like, if you're somebody who has loved this game as a hobby, you know, we started our little podcast that we do every week, and it's about what we can take. But, you know, if you have an eye for production or whatever it is, I really think there are going to be huge opportunities as Wizards kind of steps in and out a little bit where like they're going to be looking for people probably to hire also they've done that in the past that roadmap is there so i'm just excited for all the auxiliary opportunities and regardless getting judges back out there right getting people who love the rule side of things and and organizing side of things you know uh, a shot at it again because you really had some great um career building honestly through the judge path i know it sounds crazy but there really were people who really built some great careers out of judging and then beyond so there's just so much come out of this that we really can't fit in this tiny episode but maybe we'll talk about it more uh, next week but just so many yeah, great and, things here and i will say i mean like even even for me so obviously you know the the qualifiers we kind of run is, as long as they're standard modern limited or pioneer um so I'm, I'm hoping to see a good a good blend of that i hope stores just don't say oh we can run the modern so let's run them all modern but I mean, I, I mean, as soon as this announcement went up, I, I so many stores around me were like, hey, you know, we're going to start uh, trying to branch out, run more constructed events. Uh, we're going to start with Standard. You know, we already have Modern. We're going to add Pioneer. And so, like, I have, like, two stores near me that I've been trying to talk to about running Pioneer that they're just now like, yep, we're, we're on board. We're doing it. Let's go. Mm-hmm. That sounds right. Yeah. So I think, I think it's great for the format. <laughs> the downside is all eyes on Pioneer now. Uh, looks like targeted buyouts already happening. So hopefully you've been listening to us about picking up cards during the pandemic or, you know, when we're possible before now, because uh, now it's going to start being too late for some cards. Yeah, it really is. And again, that is the only downside is that we really like the accessibility of this format. And obviously this is going to get the, the people who are, you know, a little hungry into the financial side of things, trying to buy out many cards. But again, you know, there is a massive supply of cards for Pioneer because the sets are more recent. So, you know, and again, you can build, I think, a competitive Pioneer deck out of cards from the last few years, right? Yeah. I mean, you really can. Uh, so again, you know, I think if, especially for your local events, if you've got to uh, play around, you know, be balling on a budget, whatever you got to do, I think there's plenty of options to do that and still be somewhat competitive. So uh, yeah, big, and big I mean, this. you know, in the past, we've done episodes on upgrading the Pioneer Challenger decks. The standard Challenger decks obviously come out tomorrow because we're recording this on Thursday, right? Um, so if you can find those, I'm going to, we, we've done an article, we've done an episode in like August when they first announced, I'm going to kind of redo that as a playing pioneer article, as long as I can finish it before I head off to my wedding tomorrow. Oh gosh. Uh, Yeah. I'm still behind on mine. Golly. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, I'm hoping to have that up 
but yeah, I mean, there are plenty of on-roads still. We still have the budget compendium. You know, I, I think only so many buyouts can happen, right? Like you said, there before is a lot of newer cards, but obviously, you know, um, things like Collected Company, there are several cards that were really at an all-time low, like Coco, stuff like that. Those are going to be a little harder to find now, but you can still do a lot of work with just cards printed in the, let's say, like the pandemic era of Magic, right? Absolutely. No, for sure. Again, like, think of how powerful some of those cards are. Again, I'm still super high on uh, Holebreaker Horror, um, you know, your Shark Typhoons, your Ikorias. Think about how just strong from Throne 4 it is, right? Like, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, we'll see what you can get from it, but like a Winota deck is not the most insane deck to play. A lot of it's having your lands. And again, at this point, you... uh, I, I will... I will point out, I don't think you noticed, you probably didn't know this. Yeah. Uh, Winota is one of the cards that's already being targeted for a buyout right now. Oh, is it really? What's it up like, to? Like, like, uh, I mean, it's already hitting like 15 plus dollars. Okay. I mean, you're, you're still in a good place for now, right? I mean, I really think yeah, so. Yeah, but I mean, good good luck trying to find one right now. Yeah, like I said, fair enough. There, there are a lot of them are out. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. But again, like, you know, the land for that are the most expensive thing, you know? Sure. So... You know, hit sure. up your hit up your uh, wherever and get them, or hit up your local store, right? If you if you've got one or lucky enough to have one, you can't get them online because, uh, yeah. Again, you know, your your lands are the big part. You got your lands, you can put the rest of it together. One, yeah, for sure. All right. Well, uh, I mean that that kind of does it for the announcement. I mean, I'll leave you and Ricky to kind of go into it more. I'm sure Ricky's going to have a different perspective from both of us because obviously he is our our true to form grinder. I mean, I I would do all the the PTs and stuff like that with him because I was judging them. Uh, but we want the real grinder perspective. I'll leave you and Ricky to kind of cover that next week. Sounds good. Uh, so you want to talk about uh, spoilers real quick for a few minutes? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So um, I'm really disappointed now we won't have the you realizing maestro charm impulses. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, it's not the impulse part. It's the part that they go to their yard. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 That's what I meant. Not in, not impulse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Let's talk about the charms. We'll talk about some of the guilt, the, the mob leaders we've seen. So, hey, I mentioned it. Let's talk it. Maestro Charm, Cosgrixis Incidents. And look, choose one. Look at the top five cards of your library. Put one of those into your hand and the rest of your graveyard. Each opponent loses three life and you gain three life. Or Maestro Charm deals five damage to a creature or Planeswalker. This card's so good. Yeah. I mean, this card, this card's huge. Don't get me wrong. I, I, I wish we got to choose two. Right. I really do. Like, you know, then these cards, I guess, would just be, you know, they'd obviously be too, too broco, but they'd be, they'd be commands. Yeah, they, 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 they would be commands. That's very true. Um, but why can't they be commands? That's what I want to know. Anyway, I'm sure we're going to get commands. I'm sure we're going to get some commands. That's right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, yeah, this this card is just huge. I mean, uh, it's three mana. It does. It, it kills something, um, you know, or it's a good card against burn or. You know, putting those cards to your yard, that's what makes this card over the top. Like, if this card just, like, oh, shuffles them to the bottom, this card would be fine, right? It'd be an, it'd be an okay uh-huh. card. But the fact that the rest of those cards, that's f- so that's five cards total to your yard, right? It's Maestro's Charm plus the four that you don't pick. Yep. Five cards to your yard from three mana. This is, this is like... Ooh, how how many can I delve for dig? Yeah, I, yeah, right, exactly right. Yeah, you, you need uh, you need seven or five there, right? Five plus two blue, yep. is that what it is? Yeah, exactly right. That is? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the huge piece of this. So it's just like, you get your free dig through time off this one card, which I think that this is, you know, I don't know if this is going to spawn its own deck or what, but this card is so incredibly interesting. Can, can this make, like, Tassiger playable again? Um, It very well could. Again, I think that you this deck is certainly interesting with Phoenix, right? I, I definitely mm-hmm. want to play this as some kind of Phoenix shell. And then again, the big news here is the black gives you cards like Thoughtseize, 
which given the way the metagame is currently turning with a bunch of like, hey, I'm going to try and play my super important four drop on turn three, or hey, I'm going to try and play my oppressive dragon that's going to draw me five cards, right? Whatever it is, there's a lot of key cards that you want to be thought seizing. Control seems to be everywhere. So um, black is exactly what I wanted to be playing here. And I can't say enough about this card. It's huge. Five damage is a lot. Again, it's got a burn backup plan. You're not often going to be doing, you know, gating three and then them losing three. That's not going to be a popular option unless you're using that as a finisher or, again, as a burn standoff. But uh, that's pretty hot. Like, now there's just no reason to play pieces of the puzzle, you know? Yeah, I think so. All right, let's move on to Obscura Charm. It's our Esper Charm uh, instant. Choose one return target multicolor permanent with mana value three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. Counter targets for a sorcery spell or destroy target creature planeswalker with mana value three or less. Boy, am I glad Fairy isn't in this format anymore. Oh my gosh, yeah. We got to brag about how right we were about this card, uh, about the Fairy not being around anymore when this card just gets you that. People are excited about that in modern. In modern, they're like, man, the Maestro's charm sucks. The Obscura charm is where it's at. And in our format, I think that's not so much the case. I definitely think it's fine, but I think the coolest thing you're going to get back this is Grease Fang. Right, at least right now, yeah. that's the most interesting thing you're going to do. Um, so this is going to be sick for a Grease Fang deck. If you picked him up, good for you, and you got the lands. I think you've got a winner here. At least hopefully you do. Uh, but you know, what do you think? I mean, uh, pretty good value removal, right? A lot of good things you want to hit three value or less. You know, you don't hit Winota though. How bad does that affect yeah. this card? Do you think? pretty big? Yeah, because Maestro's Charm does big. kill us in Winota, right? It does. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, that that's the boogeyman of our format, right? Is is Winota? You yeah. have to think. I like. Here's my thing, right? If it countered any non-creature spell, um, I think I'm more in on it. Like if I yeah. could, ca- like I, if this was a straight up negate instead of an instant or sorcery, I think I might be more in on it. Three mana, like it, it never gets to trade up. Right. Its removal, right? It's it's always going to be equal to or less. Uh, and I just don't know, like, quite what permits we're buying back with it. You're so. right. I, like, I, I think you, you really have to be using it for your Grease Fang and then, like, as a protection effect, I really think. Because, like yeah. you said, like, that no negate is pretty huge. We don't get Planeswalkers, right? That's the big one. Um, I think that really is the biggest one, especially right now with Wanderer everywhere. And then, obviously, you know, you're not going to get your artifacts. You don't get the other the other obvious uh, effects there. But Planeswalkers is the huge absentee from that negate aspect of it, you know? There's a yeah. lot of Planeswalkers running around through control or whatever else. And, uh, you know, even Jeskai Ascendancy, right? I know that's not around a ton anymore, but it's there. So, you know, a couple things that are really are really key that you don't get. For sure. All right. Uh, last one of the charms that we have so far. It's Cabaretti Charm, which is our Naya Charm here, uh, which is, of course, uh, red, green, white. Uh, choose one Cabaretti Charm deals damage equal to the number of creatures you control to target creature or player. Sorry, creature or planeswalker. Uh, creatures you control get plus one, plus one, and gain trample to the end of turn, or create two, one, one green and white citizen creature tokens. Uh, I can see this because this is Pioneer. Boy, uh, yeah, I, not uh, not the best one, huh? No, no, this one is, is decidedly weaker. And, and again, like, don't get me wrong, there's some potential here. Like, if you want to play uh, Transmogrify, right? I, I don't, yeah, I don't know that Nye is the color for you. But gosh darn it, if it is the color for you, here's another tool for you. You know, it's just one Transmog, more. The, um, the creativity deck, right, where you're trying to flip into Locust God and Sage of the Falls? Um, I'm thinking Transmog where you want to go into just some big dumb idiot, right? Sure. Like, yeah, like you could you could combo this, right? Like if you wanted to go the, uh, the Naya and, and you wanted an Indomitable Creativity because this does give you two tokens, right? 
So it's uh, not irrelevant. That's the exact two creatures you need to combo. So if you want to do that, good for you. Honestly, you can play Clothis with red green anyway, if you want to play the worm version of the deck, which we were really big fans of, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so sure, there are definitely options here for that. And, uh, you know, I, I do think that's the big one, funnily enough. I, I don't see what three color deck is going to be able to effectively give creatures it controls plus one, I, plus one to trample. <laughs> I know that there's some talk with Winota. I mean, you know, it gives you two things to help you try to get one of the triggers and then no. the plus one plus one and trample isn't irrelevant. I mean, sometimes that deck just gets behind and it's like, I'm going to throw a token in the way of just so your, your big dudes and I'll take one or two here and there. Right. Yeah. Um, it helps you but, go wide you know, too, right? Like if you got a bunch yeah. of stupid dorks, it can help kill an opponent's thing. But that first ability I think is just like the weakest of all the abilities I've seen so far. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, creature planeswalker is fine, but you know, the six point life swing, I definitely rather have right. Each opponent loses mm-hmm. three life and you gain three life. That's a much bigger one, and I think a much more relevant one because Burn is definitely still around. So, uh, yeah. you know, I don't know if it spread the damage. That'd be one thing. If I could, like, you know, have my creatures fight some other creatures, um, even just like one or two, I think that'd be something that I'd be be more interested in having. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on one second. Holding. Okay, sorry about that. All right. Um. Anyway. Um. Sorry, you were saying about Cavalry Charm. Yeah, essentially, just the um, uh, you know, if I could like have my guys fight. I'd be more interested in that, honestly. You know, again, it, it's an interesting Winota card just because, you know, you get a bunch of dorks, you can have them deal their damage. But if it was a fight, I'd be much happier with that effect. So, you know, hopefully somebody finds a cool home from this. I could be wrong. Maybe some deck will pop up that makes this really, really good. Um, some kind of like Naya Tokens deck or something like that. Then this could be really good, right? If Tokens becomes a, a bigger strategy, then the going wide and giving plus one, plus one triple could be a relevant combat effect. That just doesn't exist right now in Pioneer. And I'm not sure this card is enough to do it on its own. But hey, if we get enough stuff spoiled from this set, you just never know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, well, speaking of Naya tokens, let's talk about the the mob leaders we have. Let's do it. Let's start. How about, like I said, with Naya tokens, let's, uh, we have Jetmir Nexus of Rebels, which is our Cabaretti leader here. So one red, green, white for a 5-4 legendary creature cat demon. Is this Mr. Mephistopheles? Uh, I- this is Mr. Kitty. Okay, gotcha. Um, we have creatures you control. I mean, it's probably more bust for Jones, if anything. Could be. Uh, creatures you control get plus one, plus oh, and have vigilance as long as you control three or more creatures. Creatures you control also get plus one, plus oh, and have trample as long as you control six or more creatures. Creatures you control get plus one, plus oh, and have double strike as long as you control nine or more creatures. So, um, what's great, this is all additive, right? So... Uh, the first time we get plus one plus O and Vigilance, we have six. Then we get to go plus two plus O, Vigilance Trample. And then if we hit nine plus three plus O, you Vigilance Trample, Double Strike. Quick maths there, quick maths. Um, yeah, that's right. Hey, you know what makes a lot of tokens really quickly? What's that? One Scooter Boy. Oh. Mm. I said see you later, boy, you know? That's right, yeah. So there you go. Get Break out your scoots and go to town, you uh, you crazy dreamers. Yeah, I you. Just, I just, I'm just trying to think of how many decks can actually hit that creature count. Uh, against your scoots? Well, well, you know what I mean. You know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, you know, there's a couple that I think, um, you know, it has to be something that's going to, again, make tokens or copies itself. Like, I think in a deck, you know, hey, this plays green, an Asikis Chariot's deck could do it. Right. And again, you're mostly probably looking at something tokens related, but as like a non joke, a joke deck of it, if you're playing some Asika's Chariots, your Cabaretti Charms, um, you know, whatever else you might want to do that's a powerful card, you certainly could do it, you know? 
between like vehicles and making tokens and whatever else you want to do, you know, some hidden stockpile shenanigans. Uh, there's there's stuff you could do. Again, is this consistent of enough of a find? Are you going to be able to find this enough to make it the capstone? I'm not sure. Uh, but that time, it seems like you should already be Shinderud. But hey, at least it's fun, you know? Yeah, for sure. Oh, are they all oh, demons? Did I miss this part? They they are all demons. Yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Is that is that the is that the story? I don't care about the story, but is that the story? I mean, yeah, they're all demon lords. They're all demon lords. Okay. Are they, I didn't I guess I forget. I didn't realize how criminal underlord we were going. So not only yeah. are there lots of drugs in this set, there's a lot. Uh, there's also a hell theme. Yes, that's correct. Perfect. But but make it kid well, friendly. It's not, it's not. It's not. It's as hell as like you know like. New York City can get. Yeah, yeah. We're just making it. We're just it's Hell's yeah. Kitchen. Daredevil. We're making yeah, it. We're yeah, making it family sure. friendly. All right. Well, let's go to Lord Xander the Collector. It's our Grixis leader here, our Maestro's leader. Uh, four blue, black, red for a six-six legendary vampire demon noble. Uh, when Lord Xander the Collector enters the battlefield, target opponent discards half the cards in their hand, rounded down. Whenever Lord Xander attacks, defending player mills half of their library, rounded down. And when Lord Xander dies, target opponent sacrifices half the non-land permits they control, rounded down. You know, that second line of text um, automatically makes us a $20 card, right? 100%. <laughs> you know it, I know it, everybody knows it. Uh, what's there to say about this card? It's kind of big and dumb and expensive, but like, you know, I'm sure if it lives, it's going to win a game. Uh, the best thing I think this does is get cheated in by a Soren Minus. Yeah, because it's a vampire. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a pretty relevant ability. Like, when it dies, target opponent sacrifices half the non-land permanents they control. Like, the only thing is, obviously, if it included lands, you'd be way better off against control and whatnot. But, hey, you know, there's, there's plenty of decks that are going to do that. I I think the tough part there is, like, okay, well, I'll keep Winota in a, in a non-human and attack you again. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I, I don't know. It's I'm not optimistic on that. I, they should have just like went in with the power level on this card, given that it costs seven mana. It doesn't fly. It doesn't have flash. It has no protection. So, you know, like I said, I, I had to ask you before we recorded if this was a commander card or a real card, right? I was yeah. like, wait, is this real or is this just a commander card? Because it sure seems like a commander card to me. But, you know, hey. Yeah. Uh, well, I think, though, this third one is probably our closest to... Uh, at least directly constructed playable, even then we'll, time will tell, right? But we have Rafine Scheming Seer. This is our Obscura slash Esper mob leader here for white, blue, black. We get a 1-4 Sphinx Demon with flying in Ward 1. And whenever you attack, target attacking creature connives X, where X is the number of attacking creatures. Connive is a new mechanic that says you draw X cards, then discard X cards, and put a 1-1 counter on that non-land card discarded to this one. Oh, wow. Yeah. This card's pretty good. Again, I'm not sure how many, like, Esper attacking decks you're going to see. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, who knows? I think at the very least, this card's super fun, interesting. Again, you know, for my poor stats, right, this thing isn't a 6-6 six, six or a 5-4 like the other ones are. It's obviously less costed. Like you said, this one does seem like the closest to playable, given that it has some protection for itself. It's got yeah. some evasion, so you don't have to be super afraid about attacking with it, right? You, you get to use the ability that it's printed on it, which makes you feel good. Um, and then you get to loot some more, right? Which seems yeah. interesting. I, it on its own, I think, is like, it, it, it does a lot. I mean, you know, I, I know as someone in this call who loves to talk about God Pharaoh's gift, I mean, now we have a repeatable looting source every turn um, that is also getting bigger and growing with each time we use it. And 
hey, if we're playing like Godfrey's Gift right, we're more than likely pitching non-land cards. You're absolutely right. And I think the important thing on this is that, like, it's a 1-4. And I can't tell you how many times I was playing cards where I was like, man, I'm glad I had this stupid little creature in my deck just to block with it. Right, like it reanimates and, and it gave you whatever effect it had that was into the battlefield that you might possibly care about. But the big thing was early on, you needed things you could play to just protect your life total. And now, even then, you know, as as more of the metagame, at least online, shifts away from more aggressive decks because people are scared of of the Luris ban, then this is even better for you, right? Because now you don't have to be as worried, and, and you can just attack with this thing regularly. Because again, all you're trying to do is dig through your deck as much as possible because you just need to get one card in the yard and draw the other. And once you do that, you've got enough threats in your deck that you're already incidentally put into the yard that you know you're golden. So absolutely. I think this could absolutely be a, a sweet Phoenix card if you wanted to play to Esper. Esper got a pretty big boost as far as the um, Godfrey's Gift deck with the Spirit Sisters call, which can let you swap out artifacts or creatures. And then that'll let you swap out your, you know, your stupid little, uh, you know, 1-1 one, one token or your 1-1 one, one guy that comes in and mills three cards, whatever that guy's name is that I forgot with uh you know with your hullbreaker horror or your dream trawler or whatever it was so lots of potential here for that kind of thing and again just having a big uh, a big butt gives you a lot of defense in the early game should you need yeah for sure i like i said i i think so far this one has me peaked the most in its playability um i'm sure someone's gonna do something stupid with lord xander right cheating with that soren and jetmir i just i just can't think of a home right now yeah uh but rafine i think being an engine unto itself is very good. Very true. Very true. So uh, anyway, any uh, any closing thoughts? Anything to end on here before we uh, before I see you in a few hours for to get ready for the wedding? No, I'm excited. Let's get this going. Get this uh, get these nuptials on so you can be a uh, a married man and into the future of magic. There we go. All right. Well, you know, hey, we covered a lot here. Make sure you go talk to LGS now more than ever about running Pioneer events. If you're looking for more great Pioneer content, check out that website, playingpioneer.com. Uh, I am currently taking over as content coordinator there. And so once I get back with my wedding, we're going to start trying to push things and it's really get that content pipeline flowing even faster. We already have already a lot of great content up there, uh, a lot of great people working there, and we're only going to keep growing that cast and crew of writers over there. Chris, where can people find you on social media? You can find me on the tweeters at it's underscore Christmas, and Christmas has no. And you can, of course, find me at Crew3Podcast, where I run our official stuff, and Crew3MTG on Twitch and YouTube. Uh, hopefully after the wedding, I can get back to streaming at least once a week now, post those VODs to the YouTube channel. And of course, I would be remiss if I didn't remind everyone that we are supported by our one of Patreon, patreon.com slash crew3mtg to help support the show, keep the show going. Uh, we've got three great tiers available. And uh, if you are listening to this and are a Patreon member uh, with the applicable tiers, swag bags are in the mail uh, to sort of the, the, the makeup for February and for this month in March. This month in March. And the March exclusive is up by the time you are listening to this. We'll talk to you all later. Bye. Bye.